Hello, and welcome to Off the Roll. I'm your host, Troy Hirschman. Today on the podcast, we have Dr. Alan Habansky. Dr. Habansky was an orthopedic surgeon in Muncie, Indiana for over 35 years and a team physician to Ball State Cardinals for over 30 years. Dr. Habansky was on the forefront of the development of sports medicine in the Muncie area, starting as one of the first sports medicine fellows at the famed Houston Clinic in Columbus, Georgia. He is a member of the Cardinal Sports Medicine Society Ring of Honor and has also done extensive mission work in the Ukraine, teaching orthopedic surgeons there on how to perform arthroscopic surgery. We're excited to have Dr. Urbanski on the podcast, and we look forward to hearing his story. So let's go off the roll with Dr. Alan Habansky. All right, we're going off the roll with Dr. Alan Habansky today. Um, we're in his home. Um, I'm Troy Hirschman, your host of the podcast. Um, and so we're going to just talk to Dr. Urbanski and let him tell his story. And, um, and hopefully we'll, uh, I'm sure that we'll hear some interesting things from his time, um, not only coming to Muncie, but uh, in his time in Muncie. So welcome, Dr. Urbanski, to Off the Roll. Good to be with you, Troy. <laughs> so let's, um, one of the things, again, that I think probably a lot of people um, know, people that would listen to the podcast would know that obviously you're a longtime team physician at Ball State University. Um, you're in the Cardinal Sports Medicine Ring of Honor. Um, but kind of tell your story on how you got started to be a physician and then how, where you went to college, med school, and then how you got to Muncie. Well, I, um, let me see. I went to Holy Cross in Worcester, Mass. Uh, so you, were you from Massachusetts? I was connect, from Connecticut. From Connecticut. Okay. Yeah. We're out in Connecticut. Bridgeport. Okay. Yeah. Bridgeport, Connecticut, correct? Right. Yeah. I awesome. Went to, uh, the Fairfield Prep, which is the universe. Uh, any fam- any university. famous people from Bridgeport, Connecticut, besides Dr. Alan Habansky? Oh, uh, <laughs> not... Not that I remember, but Tony Fauci was in my class. Really? At Holy Cross. Yeah, he was a good friend of mine. Wow. Not yeah. anymore. But he was a good friend. <laughs> well, anyway, you know, sometimes. And it's... Then I went to medical school in New York City. Okay. Uh, New York Medical. Uh, did my residency at IU. Okay. In Indianapolis. And then did a fellowship with Jack Houston oh, yeah. and the Houston Clinic in Columbus, Georgia. Yeah, wow. And then we were asked to stay there and work with him or to go back to Connecticut. I had a practice that wanted me in Bridgeport. That time, uh, I was... Now we had two children, and I was searching for a church to go to. Yeah, that to give me the the what. Even though I had eight eight years of Jesuit education, I really was looking to find uh, answers to basic questions: How do you bring up your kids? Yeah. So I was at 
church one Sunday and this priest got up there and started speaking. And I went to him after Mass and I said, what do you have that I don't? And he said, well, you come to this. I'm going to give some, a couple concert uh, uh, sessions about the revival of the Holy Spirit. So we went and he prayed for us for the revival of the Holy Spirit and my life changed. Wow. And then from there, we started, my wife and I, praying where where we were supposed to be. That time we were taking care of the University of Auburn, and uh, one of the kids heard it, broke his hand. We didn't have a hand surgeon, so I called a friend, Jim, Jim Strickland, in Indy, and asked Jim, I said, Jim, was telling the story and he said, well, we can easily do that. This is what they they need to do. He said, by the way, there's a guy from Muncie, Indiana who's looking for a partner and they're really overwhelmed. And my my answer was, where is Muncie? (laughs) So that's how it started. Yeah. Through prayer and everything and Denying twice that we didn't want to come here. Yeah, we ended up coming here. Wow. Yeah, sounds like it sounds like the Lord had a had a, a total plan. <laughs> a total plan. Yeah, and we were just uh, the little specks that were going along with the, with the plan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so you arrive in Muncie. Um, uh, when? When was when was that? That would have been, I, I think it might have been January or February of 72, okay. after I finished my fellowship. Yeah. I was very impressed with Dave, Dave McLean. It was, because he was a real good guy, and I thought I could really work with him. And I was also interested in doing research at that time before he had so many kids. Right. And uh, Dave Castle was another great guy. So I... I just felt that that was that was my new home. Yeah, say. yeah. It's um, it's interesting because when we talked to Glenn Snow a couple episodes ago, um, he brought up the fact that he was Doctor Costell's guinea pig for all the for all the the, the muscle biopsies and stuff. Right. <laughs> he, right. he he goes, I think he's calmed me into doing whatever, and I did it. <laughs> he goes, and he goes, I. I third, I didn't when he said muscle biopsy. You thought I thought they're going to cut me open and take out some uh, muscle, and he goes, "It wasn't even like that." So yeah, I, I had the funniest, uh, maybe funny and sad. Uh, some guy came to Dave Costell and told Dave, "We hey, we we I can run twenty four hours and not stop." Dave was fired up because they were going to take blood studies. They put lights outside and everything. And the guy comes and he can't even run a mile or two. <laughs> and poor, poor Dave was so disappointed because he thought this would be great. We can get blood studies. We can do this. We can yeah. do that. And the guy was a total bust. <laughs> Was he hoping to get paid? You think, or or I have no idea. Yeah, I, I think it wasn't. I just remember it. I hope it's somewhat accurate, but I that's how I remember 
Yeah. Well, if, if it's not accurate, it's okay. It's a podcast. It's not nobody's yeah. fact checking podcasts. So <laughs> if they are, they got way too much time on their hands. Yeah. So, so when you came to Muncie, um, how many orthopedic surgeons were in town? There, there were three others. <coughs> wow. J- Jack Walker, uh, John Holmes, and Lee Brown, and then me. And at the time, it wasn't Central Indian Orthopedics. It was. I, I don't know, orthopedic associates. I yeah, think. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bob Z, Barb Zebart would tell me that. That's how we needed Barb here. Barb would fact check us. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, she sure would. Good gal. Yeah. Good gal. Um. So, so three orthopedic surgeons for kind of this whole area. What was what was it like starting out there? Well. First of all, they all knew I, my specialty was knees. Yeah. And I'd done all that work in Georgia. So my first patient, she was a 300-pound gal with knee pain. And, and, and I walk in and then talk to her and said she needs to lose weight and arthritis. I came out and there were the guys all laughing that they had... It set it up that I would see the first patient would be a very obese woman yeah. with knee pain. For me to take care of those guys. They we had a lot of fun. That was when they had the office on White River. It was uh-huh. just a little place, nothing like what's going on now. Yeah, yeah. And so, were you taking call at that point in time too? Yes. Wow. Call. Yes. That's that's um, seems like a very busy, <laughs> very busy. And I was very busy in in my church work too. So yeah, I had many hat, hats of which I don't know if they all fit well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think a lot of us are, uh, you know, that's that's um, there's there's it's more there's more to us than just what we do in in the fact of work and and um, um, you know that's. That's what I figured out after last year with my deal was that there were things I wanted to be involved with outside of athletic training that involved my kids or something like that. That's right. And, and, and to, to be a lot more, for, I shouldn't say more fulfilling, but it definitely completes me as a human being. So um, those, I think it's cool that, 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 um, that you were, even though you were busy, you were involved with all that too. Yeah. So. And then I had five kids and all up in play sports. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, it just happened though that there was always time for me to go and watch them, no matter how busy I was. Yeah, so that was excellent. Did, so, did you feel like you had to? I mean, there was, like I said, there was time, but did did you make that time? Did you did you kind of have to lean on? I, I tried to make the time. Yeah, I didn't want to lean on anybody. I just made the time. And yeah. I might be late, but I was there. You were there, yeah. I always remember, uh, I don't know if you knew Terry Hitchcock. Terry a little bit, was yeah. Terry Central. And uh, we were sitting in the stands, Paul Shadell, Paul Powers, myself, and we were ratting on the coach. Okay. <laughs> he always does as He runs right, runs left. And we were all laughing about it. Three rows in front of us was Sandy Hitchcock, his wife. Turns around and said, 
you guys realize that's my husband? And we, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. So we never, never discussed that again, but it was just, yeah. And I got, became very, always was friendly with Terry. In fact, I had the honor of taking care of his knees and putting yeah. a knee joint in for him. He was a good guy. Yeah. But he wasn't a, didn't have a, <laughs> he was a great athlete at Ball State. <coughs> yeah. But just didn't have a, the vision of how to run a game. I mean, they, right, yeah. The kids would tell me that they play South Side and they, they, they would say, they're all going left. <laughs> we were going up and they got crazy. They were, they were calling out the plays they before. They knew all the plays. They knew all the plays, yeah. There were only three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so talk to me a little bit about when you came to Muncie, and we talked a little bit about the orthopedic surgeons that were here. You started out as, as a, one of the team physicians with Ball State. So who were the athlete trainers here when you started? Don, Don Vogel was saying, and yeah. uh, he was a great help to me, and... I really put a lot of uh, credence in his th- in, in him to the point where he always had to go out to see the injured player. I would never run out unless he called me. I felt like I did in the army because I was a, a doc in Vietnam, and yeah. I taught the medics to do the same thing. You're the first line. And that's what I did with Don. I said, Don, you're going to handle it. If you need me, we'll, I'll see you at, either in the locker room or on the sidelines. But I don't feel like I should go running out because you're with him every day. I'm yeah. not. And he was a great guy to work for. And uh, Evan, I mean, he was an ex-Marine. He was tough. Yeah. And I, I loved it because... I was 101st Airborne, and I thought I was tough too. <laughs> I know it was. Um, we get. I'm getting. We're getting. We're going to talk to. Um, I'm talking to John Coddington next Tuesday, yeah. as, as we're going to do actually do a Zoom um, interview for the podcast. And he was telling me some stories last night about uh, the first time they met Don as students, and then when they got to football practice. I mean, they. they I think that he overviewed the fact that he goes, we thought this was a really nice guy. And then we, we realized that when we, when we got to football practice, it was going to be a little bit tougher than what, what, cause they had met him at a convention and, and, um, um, he said it was, it was pretty interesting. He goes, but I learned a lot from Don. Yeah, exactly. And, exactly. Right. And, and, and he was for the player yeah. and that's the most important thing. Yeah. And so, so at the same time, I think I think Ron Sindri and, and Jim Tickerson oh, yeah. were around they, too. They yeah, were, yeah, I, I, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Ron was still here before yeah. he went to Central. And Ron is is a super guy. Yeah, and so is Jim. I mean, they were loaded with tremendous trainers, all yeah. three of them. Yeah. Do you remember Andy Seeger a little bit too when she came in, or did she interact with you guys a whole lot? I I didn't know her well. Yeah. No. I know that the, it, it was that was interesting because we had these two departments. You had the men's athletic department, and then you had the women's athletic department. And Andy was taking care of all, and that's just right when Title IX was 
really coming into play and they were adding all those sports and stuff yet she was kind of pretty much taking care of all that and with the some of the auspices of the education program starting too um but um but yeah that that i could see where that was um it was it was different back then you know it was just different in, in how they approach things um so when you were a team physician you talked about working with Don at football. Um, would you would you cover any other sports? Would you go to basketball games? Would would you do anything no, else? Was, mostly at football? that time, we only covered football. Yeah, and I went to the games with him, home or away, like they do now. Yeah, I would go over twice a week for to see injuries. Yeah, uh, I think it was a Tuesday or Wednesday and. Then Sunday after the games, yeah, and we do that all the time. And yeah, I learned quickly that football was a game of getting badly bruised, and the guys would limp in on Sunday, and, and I, I would think, geez, there, I need to put them on crutches. Yeah, so I put all these guys on crutches. Next day, they were off crutches. It was just a quads bruise or something. Yeah, I didn't didn't realize that part. The same thing happened to me in Auburn because I did travel with a football team. Right. Because my boss didn't want to go. So I would travel and we had a guy, their trainer was called Kenny Howard. Uh -huh. In fact, Kenny had come up with a sling for AC, AC joint injuries. It was pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. But he would help me. In the first game, a guy got hit on the iliac crest and the, had a hematoma, and and he was one of their stars. So we, we took him in the room, and on the way in, Ken said, now what do you have to do is you have to aspirate the blood and move a little pressure on him and get him back to play. I mean, that was the kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. That they would do, and he helped me immensely. Like that, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. There's there's um there's lots of stories I think among athletic trainers that um <clears throat> that they would learn from their team physicians, but at the same time the team physicians would learn from them a little bit on some things. And absolutely, I, I think that's what makes it work so well. Is that um, for the most part. Um, there, there's a mutual relationship there of trying to the, the end game is to make sure that athlete plays as safely as they possibly can absolutely and, and um, it's really cool that you have those relationships um, along the way because it, it's 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 a professional relationship that develops into friendships and lifelong friendships for a lot of us um, that people that we completely trust not only for sometimes um, our student athletes but you know, advi advice for ourselves, for for our families and stuff. Yes, I mean, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I've, I've, uh, I've <laughs> the story I tell was one time I got a cat bite um, at ten o'clock at night, and I, I, I called Doctor Matchett and I said, I got, I know what you always say about cat bites, <laughs> so can you call me in something because <laughs> I'm getting ready to go on vacation? Yeah, absolutely, I'll do that for you. You know, and that was. Something I always thought was really cool that I could I could do that and um, absolutely yeah and and he would 
you know, he would take care of that for us to, to do that. But um, talk to so what what you know you're working football. What was some of the more memorable football games, players, you know that that you came in contact with? I mean, um, you were around probably in that. What is it, seventy seven when they won the the MAC championship? Yeah, and, I, I I remember. Uh, first of all, I, the the our first game in the away game in the morning, it became in the MAC. Yeah, and we were playing at uh, Miami, and we came down a little bit to get and checked everything, and Don says they must have a slow backfield. I said, look how high the grass is. And I said, yeah. I didn't, re- I didn't realize that. <laughs> and so they, they were. They were, were not as fast as our kids were. And I remember Don saying, welcome to the Mac, brothers. <laughs> so it was, it was, that was, it stood out to me from the day it happened. It, yeah. It was and then going up to Central when Ron then was the, the right. trainer at Central. Yeah. And went up a day early with my my son Brad. Yeah. And went fishing with him. And, uh, oh wow. Yeah, and he just was so gracious. As, yeah. As he always is. Yeah. He and his wife Beth. Yeah. Right? Good people. No, a lot of good people at Ball State. Yeah, that's. Um, I think that's one of the, the things that um, I think is, it still is for the most part in the MAC, even though recently there's been a lot of turnover among athletic trainers in our conference. But um, for the most part, um, so, but there's still a lot of camaraderie with that. And, and, um, and you know, I've done stuff with colleagues in the MAC <laughs> that, um, that um, uh, outside of athletic training and stuff like that too. And it's, it's really cool that that, we have that friendship and that 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 um that camaraderie to to understand. We're all curious about what our kids are doing and stuff like that, and and um, um, I think that's that's what makes the Mac a special a special it, it, conference. It really yeah. is. And I remember talking to Ron about what's the guy place for uh, Buccaneers. Last name is Brown. Oh, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. Excuse me. He went to Central. Yeah. And Ron said he was the nicest kid. Yeah. And his junior year, Ron said that he essentially was the the leader of the team. Yeah. And you know, and now under the tutorage of the present quarterback Brady, he's come under. Yeah, he's done a very good job. He's kind of resurrected his career a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. it resurrected. It's a good word. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of resurrected his career. We actually remember Ron telling me that, and Ron knows a lot too. We actually had a uh, basketball game up there about three years ago that he came back for, and I just remember he came back for it. It was a full house because he came back to that game, and it was sixty-five degrees in February and in Mount Pleasant and the gym was hot. I had to give Gatorade to guys at halftime, like full bottles of Gatorade because to keep them from cramping and it went into overtime. <laughs> so it was one of those crazy games for me up there, but 
it was like when he walked in the gym, it, it was rock star status. I yeah. mean, he was the people. Were, that's why they they came to watch a basketball game, but they really came to see him. Yeah, and, and yeah. Was, that's that's cool. that's essentially what Ryan said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So you're you you're practicing. You're 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 involved with with athletics. Um, who are some of, if you can remember, who are some of the more memorable students that you remember seeing or working with a little bit at Ball State? Oh, yeah, yeah that's a tough question. Yeah, I figured it might yeah, be. But yeah. <laughs> do you remember, um, do you remember like John Fostick or yeah, Rex, um, yeah. Rex Sharp, Tony yeah, I Cox? I remember John, and I remember the guy that's up by Maryville. Oh, Mark Lito. Yeah, Mark yeah. Lito. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the guys that really stuck out in my mind. Yeah. yeah. And then the trainers. The train. Yeah. I always enjoyed working and trying to teach some of the uh, students yes. that, that were there then. That, that was a, a great for the Wall State to have that. You have students going out all around the country that were trained there. Yeah. And when they dropped that, that was a, a not, not a good thing, I yeah. don't think. Yeah, it's still around. It's more of an, it's an entry-level master's now, and they're trying to get that off the ground. Um, there's a lot of debate on whether this is the right direction to go, but it's the direction that we're going. Yeah, so, uh, yeah it's the typical, uh, instead of just using young people, they get them fired up about the whole idea of helping young people doing sports. Yeah, They go to the... Like I, when I finished my residency, I was very academic, but I had to go out in the real world and learn. Yeah. And I thought, always thought that the training program allowed young people to see what the world was like yeah. if they wanted to decide to go on. So that was, that always was my thought. I was always impressed by that. Yeah. It's sad to hear that things change. Yeah, well, for whatever reason, things change. Things change. I yeah. mean, yeah, for yeah. whatever reason. If it, was a, if it was up to me, it wouldn't have been. No, and and that's an argument across. I mean, a lot with clinical athletic trainers is um, that that are they getting the the clinical experiences that would be reflective of what they would really see in the real world and. Um, I, I don't know. The verdict's still out on that, particularly since they don't have a lot of experience coming in as interlevel master's students. They have their undergraduate degrees in exercise science or um, maybe a, a biology or something like that. But it's it, the word is, I mean, we're going to have to wait a couple of years to see how this all pans. We've, we've seen some that have come through um, these newer interlevel master's programs. Um, and they, they did okay, but I think they struggled the first couple of years because they just don't have that yeah, experience. Yeah, and they, you know. I can remember, you know, young people following me around or following the training and even going out when they were far older enough to, yeah. in the university to cover sports events. And yeah. That's how you learn. You don't learn, and book stuff is good. Then you go out and you really find out what the world's like. Yeah, I I think that was greatly misunderstood, maybe misunderstood by the academics. Yeah, yeah. 
That's me. <laughs> no, that's you're you're in line with a lot of other uh, for people, clinical people that are out there working uh, with that. One one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is, um, you know, you were in this age professionally as a physician, particularly in orthopedics, that that it changed quite a bit um, from starting out in the seventies. And then progressing its way through the late seventies, eighties, and into the to the nineties, where ACL reconstruction, uh, scopes, all those things kind of came about in that era, that um, that changed the way that either we did rehab or how we treated people. What was that like trying to to go through all that? The, the interesting thing I used to give a talk uh, in days of old that I was at the beginning and at the end of all the excitement of, of what happened. And yeah. As a fellow in the beginning part of my fellowship, we thought the ACL didn't do anything. Yeah. And we just cut it out and just uh, fix the uh, medial ligaments most of the time and remove cartilages. Uh, and... Uh, Arthroscopy was just coming into play. Yeah. But my boss thought if you don't know how to make a decision by your history and physical, you don't need a scope. I mean, so we were narrower in our thinking and thinking it was only a diagnostic tool. Along in the 70s, there's a guy named Bill Clancy who went into practice with Jimmy Andrews. Bill was at Wisconsin at that time. And Bill had all the answers. He was the nice guy, but his way was the only way. Yeah. And he was the one that started talking about using arthroscopy to to uh, do ACL reconstructions. And he was giving good results, but he was such a BS or nobody believed. <laughs> Nobody believed him. Yeah. Because we, I was part of a group called the Herodicus Society. Yeah. And that was guys from all over the country who would meet friend, a lot of guys like that you would know by name, but right. Uh, but the, the, they all laughed, and then, and then a couple of years later, when he started showing results, yeah, then we all began to listen. And the question is how to do it all. And uh, there was a, a physician in uh, Michigan that was doing ACL reconstructions using semitendinosis. And I remember going watching and trying it. It just didn't work well. Yeah. And what really worked well was bone, tendon, bone, which is what Bill Clancy said in the mid 70s yeah and so we went and and people started to do that and then because of that good firm foundation you could start doing much earlier exercises in the early days they were in a cast for seven weeks yeah and then it became no cast yeah started moving and that's some of the research dave and i were doing yeah yeah is that enough no, that's. I think that's cool. No, it's. I think that. Um, yeah. So you remember Bill Clancy? 
Yeah. I, I mean, I don't remember Bill Clancy, but the, I've heard that name. And it, uh, it's really funny. It, it, this is off the record, but Bill uh, was, was, was a race car driver. Okay. And he drove at Talad in the race at Talladega. Oh, my goodness. And everybody laughed because if something ever happened to him, the insurance company would have gone... Absolutely bonkers. <laughs> and the <laughs> Yeah. It, and I don't know if it was the main race at Talladega, but yeah. it was in a race. Yeah. It, it, everybody died. I died laughing. I, I don't know if he's still alive. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I know Jimmy is. Jimmy Andrews. Yeah. We were good friends. No, that, and that's, I think the thing is, is um, people take it for granted now. I think, you know, oh, well, I'll just go in and get my ACL fixed and, yeah, um, um, in and out, and they don't I, realize the, how yeah, long it took. It took a long time. It yeah. took a long time. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. I, I remember when I was at Utah in grad school. The quietest. There's two. There was all sorts of libraries on campus, but if I really had to study hard for a test, I would run up to the med school library because it was always really quiet. That and the and the law, the law school library were the two quietest libraries that you could go. And, and study and um, when I would get done studying I would go look at the old orthopedic journals um, just for fun which kind of sounds kind of weird but um, because they had pictures in them and they showed it showed like taking out cartilage like like just laying somebody open you know, and opening them up and and cleaning them out and then sewing them all back up again and I thought that's how far we've come. We've come from doing that to three to four little puncture wounds. Yeah, and then you so you, you repair the cartilage and yeah. do the ACL. Yeah, they had a very good orthopedic book. Two guys in, in Salt Lake. Is that where you were? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They had two excellent orthopedic guys there. And I, their name slipped my mind, but they were part of the Herodactyl Society. Oh. They were very... When would that have they, been? They, they were very... They, they would have been way before you. Yeah, yeah. Had but they, uh, I, I cannot remember the name, but they were very impressive in their... Yeah. They're trying to move the goalposts farther. Yeah. By doing a lot of research and... I can't. <laughs> yeah, I I'm trying to think names. who it would have. They were very impressive guys. Though. Yeah, there was a couple of guys, um, not necessarily at the University of Utah, but there were some other. I can't even think of their names either. But it would have been probably been about your yeah your era yeah. Um, with that. I just can't think of. Um, yeah, they're very Lon, or Lonnie Paulus. Yeah, Lonnie yeah. Paulus. Lonnie Paulus. Yeah, you're good. And Lonnie, and then his. Partner, I can't think of his. And partners. they separated, I think, down there. But yeah, they were. Yeah, Lonnie was one of them. Yeah, very good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, like I said, something just come to you. Uh, you know, as yeah, you're thinking yeah, about it. it. Yeah, it's, it keeps on thinking. I I can't remember the guy. The guy's name. Yeah. Um, and you, you know, going into that um a little bit um later in your career, um I guess I shouldn't say later, but um. But in your career, uh, one of the things I know that you're very proud of is um, your mission trips to the Ukraine. Oh, 
Yes. Can you can you just kind of elaborate on that a little bit and talk a little bit about that? Because I think it's really cool. I mean, and, and what you've always described to me was, um, it, it it was it was just amazing in comparison to the medical facilities that we have here in the states compared to a country like the Ukraine. Oh, I can give you a, a capsule. There was a girl that worked at. Uh, came here and worked under <coughs> Dave Costello. Uh, uh, it wouldn't have been Dave, it was a newer guy. And, and uh, Elena, Dennis, there's over, whatever. But she was from the Ukraine. And they had nowhere to put her half of the day. They had, and she worked over there at the university. So she got to work in my office. And I didn't know she didn't speak English. Oh, so wow. The first time I met her, I said, well, go in the room, talk to the patient, <laughs> tell me what's going on. I didn't know. Yeah. And then I found out, and we became friendly because uh, she would work with me every, every day. Uh, so she goes back to the Ukraine. She was in the, at that time, was in Donetsk, okay. which is where all the problems are now. Yeah. And... Uh, she sent me a note and asked me if I'd come to Ukraine and give talks on the knee. And so I thought about it a lot and I said, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. So I went and uh, I got off the plane and I looked around and everyone that I saw looked like my uncles and my aunts <laughs> on my dad's side. Yeah. So I, I quickly fell in love with the people. Right. Good people, loved their families, didn't have much, and then they still had the. In fact, when we got off the plane, the guys with there were two guys standing there with AK 47s as we got off. Oh, wow. That's the first time I went there. Went yeah. in to, to, to uh, go through my uh, customs guy with an AK 47, the guys yelling at me because I couldn't speak English. Uh -huh. Yeah. It was crazy. But once you got past that, great people. Right. So when I came back, I wanted to do, go back and teach and do something to help the people. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I started looking. I called the orthopedics and said, what do you have going on? You can nobody had anything. I was at a funeral one day here in town. And the girl came and we were started and said, I just got back from the Ukraine. And there is a guy in Nashville, Tennessee, they're looking for an orthopedic surgeon to go with them to both Kiev and Venezia. So I said, that's what I was saying. Yeah. So I called him, talked to him, and, and we got it all set up. And we were able to get the uh, arthroscopic people to give us yeah. everything. So we brought it over. We taught them how to do arthroscopy, and they learned it very quickly, and yeah. then they went back a couple more times. Yeah, how many times did you end up going over, you think? I think three or four. Yeah. And I, I, I really I didn't like their food. All I would eat is a potato pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it, they were great people. Uh, 
do you still keep in contact with them? Not anymore. anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah. But yeah. They, it was uh, the best thing that could happen to me because I realized how people live outside this country and and how lucky I was to be in the United States of America yeah. at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, again, people take take it for granted the the level of medical care that that we can provide here and stuff and, and absolutely yeah I absolutely mean, i mean it's it's uh it's definitely <clears throat> a lot different in some of those countries that just doesn't they don't have the the the, the facilities or the or the manpower and stuff to to do the things that they do so well it it, it was absolutely amazing because i was teaching them how to do an acl and uh, I was just ready to put the screw in the femur, and all the electricity went off. Oh my goodness! Never came back. So I, I just hoped that I was up the yeah. right way, and and then I, I don't know how the guy did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never asked. Yeah, I, I finished and, it. You always say if you could try to do something in the dark. Well, I just I, yeah, I, 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 just, did. I, I just did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But they're great people, and uh, they would invite us over to eat. Yeah. Uh, 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 and they were very uh, musically inclined people. Yeah. So if you went to their homes, they would have all the kids that were very musical, singing and playing the piano, yeah. etc. And they'd have this great spread. spread set out for us. And then on our way out, the Ukrainians that were with us that spoke English said, you know, they borrowed all this food from their friends so you guys could eat. Wow. So what we did is we took up a collection and gave right. them money to, you know, but that's what people, that's how they are. Yeah. Yeah, very, very hospitable and, oh, and, yeah. and, and, and loved what, what we had done and yeah. as a people and Barb was along with us. <laughs> Barb, it was fun to have her around. Yeah. You've always had some great nurses yeah, to I work have. with. I've been very lucky. Yeah. You, you have been, it's been awesome. And I were, again, in my time there, I learned a lot from them too. I mean, Betsy and, and. Barb and all those, all those. In fact, I asked Mark when I when we did a podcast with Mark Lido, um, and he talked about his time in, at CIO. I said, "Did you, did you ever have to? Did you? Hopefully, you didn't cross Barb Zebart in your time." And he goes, "He goes, she she got on me a few times, yeah." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Mark's a good guy. Yeah, but um, but yeah, you've always had great nurses and 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 of your team with that and I think that was yeah. always God, make sure God, God truly blessed me yeah people. <laughs> um, I think this will this will be a good way to wrap this up a little bit but um, you were instrumental to um, I feel like in in getting that fellowship program kind of going in a good direction and then you're even though you know it was Dr. Severe was running the whole thing um, you were an integral. You seem very supportive and integral of of trying to help those um, physicians learn a little bit about sports medicine. I mean, what do you remember about being involved with that, and and some of some of your more memorable uh, fellows that came through that program? Well, I, well, you, you got a lot of them still at our office. You know? Yeah, 
Oh yeah, Ken Haller and uh, yeah. Jeremy Hunt. Uh, I was very much in favor. I, I can't say everybody in our practice was in favor of it. Yeah, to begin with. But I, I, I felt that Tom had the Tom was the right guy, uh, who had a, a good vision, and it was one that he would take it to the end stages of which he did. And yeah. Tom was perfect, and then guys like Matt Roush, and yeah. uh, they were just great people, all of them that went through, and they picked their people well, and I was very supportive of it. Yeah. And from the day it started, but let them do what they thought they needed to do, and we weren't, we didn't put a heavy hand down, we just, yeah. I would meet with Tom and listen to what he said, and was always right on, right on the beam. I mean, he was a, 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 a gift again from God yeah. for that program. It's it's interesting if that little program, and Neil and I have talked about this, it, that we were at a conference, well, but pre-COVID, that um, that Kim Harmon was talking about. Oh, yeah. And talking at, and, and we were laughing that, that, you know, and she came over and gave Neil a big hug and was talking to Neil about stuff, and, and I got to meet her, and... and um, you know, that time in the in the you know early '90s to through the you know the early 2000s, mid 2000s, the people that came through that program have gone on to they're all stars. Yeah, they're yeah, they're yeah. all and still working in some big time venues. I mean, yeah, you know, and and for again Muncie, Indiana, <laughs> to have something like a sports medicine fellowship that has these people that are lead team positions at major universities is amazing. Yeah, and the, you're exactly right. And I think, again, but um, Tom and, and Matt, after that, and their ability to pick the right people yeah. to be kind of the part of the program, like Kim Harmon and, yeah. and uh, Jeremy. And yeah. Yeah, they just did it, and then Ken Howley is just a, yeah, is a great young man. Yeah, no, it, it's it, it's um, it was it was it was awesome. Even though I was in on the tail end of that, it was still pretty awesome to be around that, and then get a chance to be around Matt a little bit too. I think that was, um, we could tell Matt stories on a whole podcast. I think oh. between. <laughs> oh, I. I... <laughs> I loved Matt, and we were good friends. Yeah, and both uh, we would discuss Catholicism versus. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Matt just was a great guy, and was, <clears throat> the world really suffered. The, yeah. the medical world suffered when he uh, expired. Yeah, yeah. But what a great guy he was. Yeah. And, oh, the funny things. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I remember <laughs> the, the, story, uh, the story I told um, a couple weeks ago was um, the time that he had that patient that was that was in the Battle of the Bulge, and, and he had convinced him to bring his Ju German Luger in to show him, and he comes out of the hallway out of the room holding it up, and I thought Julie Wilson was going to have a heart attack. <laughs> 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 you can't bring a gun in the clinic. <laughs> you don't even know if it's loaded. It's not loaded. <laughs> but, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he was all excited. He wanted everybody to see that oh, thing. He, <laughs> he was always that, that. 
That was, <coughs> that was how to describe Matt. Yeah. He was always so, so upbeat. Yeah. Good yeah. man. Good yeah. man. Good yeah. family. Yeah, excellent. Excellent yeah. family. Yeah. Well, I, I think that um, for this episode, yeah, we're we're doing a, we're doing pretty good. So we can wrap this up. Um, one of the things I wanted to to, to tell you um, about, and this is a more of a personal thing for me, but whether you knew it or not, you were extremely influential in my career. Um, your approach to patient care, um, and and how you interacted with patients was a great example to me and 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 i'll never forget um and you may or may not remember this but my first year at ball state i was working softball and i was trying to make a positive impression and um we we brought the softball player in um that that had um she was a pitcher she was a catcher and she played third base and she had multi-directional shoulder instability and she was a senior i remember yeah and you said, yeah, you can have surgery and be done, or you can work with this young man right here and get your shoulder right. And, and this is, I'm paraphrasing, but you can do the rehab and maybe have a shot to do it. And when you said that to me, I mean, I said, okay, well, he's, I'm just an athletic training student, you know, and he's, he's basically telling her to trust me to kind of, so I've got to step up and, and do this. And, but that approach um, has kind of molded my my approach to patient care. I mean, and I've had lots of influences and stuff, and that's and that's great. But I never ever forgot that. And the last game of the year, she she caught the first game of the doubleheader, and then she pitched two or three innings of the second game of the doubleheader, and they she played third base, and that's all she wanted was to do that again. And um, do you remember her name? Kathy Lewis. Isn't that? I remember that. Yeah, yeah. There's very few things I remember. She was one of the few. I think one of the few all conference players on that team because that's awful. That wasn't a. They weren't very good back then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was one of the few that was was really good. And yeah, um, that's great. Yeah. She's she's. I think she. And I'm not sure about this, but I think she's a police officer. Still a police officer up in Detroit. That's where she was from. She was she she and and Scott Nichols were buds. Um, cause I think they were in that same area or went to the same high school or something like that. But, um, but I, 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 when you told me that it was almost empowering that, Hey, I can do this. I can design this rehab program. I'm going to take the knowledge or if I don't have the knowledge, I'm going to look it up. Um, and, um, I remember coming back to follow-up appointments and you're like, Hey, you're looking really good. You're doing really well. Just keep doing what you're doing, doing what he's telling you to do. And, um, and, um, it's 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 interesting because I relayed that story. I currently have a student athlete right now that dislocated his shoulder about um, well six weeks ago, and it was a pretty nasty dislocation and a pretty significant joint capsule injury. And we had the option of doing surgery or not doing surgery, and he decided he didn't want to do surgery. And I said, okay, here I am, thirty some odd years later, twenty yeah, twenty yeah. side, and we're doing basically pretty much the same thing with the exception of, you know, back then we didn't have, um, it was just Wade Russell as a strength coach. And now we have strength coaches that can, that put them through the, the major stuff, the major, uh, bigger muscles strengthening and stuff. So my rehab's more oriented in 
rotator cuff and upper back type stuff and, and doing those things to try to stabilize his shoulder. But um, that's the story I told him is like, yeah, I've been down this road before and I had a great, great teacher in, in how to do this. And, and um, so I'm going to do it again and we're going to see what's going to happen. That's so, right. That's right. <laughs> but, but I never, I don't think I've ever had a chance to say thank you for that and, oh, and, and how much, I'm, and, and yeah. how much you, that meant to me. And um, I think there's a lot of athlete training students and athlete trainers that have come through Ball State that would probably echo my comments with that. So, well, I, I want to tell you that you uh, were great during basketball games when I bring Jake to the games. Yeah, and you'd wave at him, and Jake would say, "He's waving at you." <laughs> and so I thank you for that. Oh, in the eyes of my grandson. Yeah. Well, he couldn't figure out why, but he said, that trainer's waving at you. And I said, yeah, I, I know, Troy. <laughs> well, I'm glad that, I'm glad I could do that too. You know, it's, you it's, did, it's never, it, it's never it, that hard to do those things, you know. Yeah, but it impressed a young guy yeah. a lot. Yeah, well, it's not, those things aren't hard to do. And, and I, and I mean, it was, it was more just acknowledging that, that, um, that I appreciate you being there and I like seeing, I mean, that's um, the thing that I think is always really cool. And even seeing you at those Westdale games when Jake was playing, you know, yeah. <laughs> that I would have to cover every now and then. Yeah, that's right. Every so, after I'd be sitting in the stands yeah. praying. Yeah. You, you think about, I mean, it, it's funny. Somebody asked me the other day that how many, how many games do you think you've been to? You know, they, they, usually I get the question like, how many ankles have you taped? You know, I said, I don't know. I, I stopped counting the, you know, 10,000 or something. I don't know. I, I, mean, I just say that just to, because I don't know. I don't know. I never thought about counting that stuff. But how many games have you been to? And I thought, I never really thought about that. You know, I don't want to even think about how many practices I've been to. But, um, but games would be interesting. And um, you're kind of in that same boat. You've been, you've been to a lot of games, a lot of games across the board, not just Ball State games, but high school games and, and other events that you've been at, Vo volleyball games. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you're, you're right up there with the Shondells on how much volleyball you probably watched. So. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, I got a great story to end it with, again, a Terry Hiscock <coughs> story. Okay. Because when I got here, I was – Along with Boston, I was taking care of the high schools in town. Yeah. The first guy, game they had, his big star running back injures his deltoid ligaments, medial ligaments of the ankle, which don't heal great. Yeah. And so I said, Terry, I said, he may be out two to four weeks. Terry looked at me and said, I knew you were not going to be good for my team. <laughs> and I, and it, it, I don't remember how long it took, but medial ligaments in the ankle do not heal quickly. Yeah. But it was just so funny. It was my first game, and, and I had to tell him, this kid's not going to be able to play. <laughs> and he was... He, he was, was really ticked. He he was he well. He, did you tell him, hey, he might be able to go to his right, but he can't go to his left. So you, <laughs> you can only use him half half the game. <laughs> That's a good way to end. Yeah.
Well, thank you, Dr. Bansky. Um, this has been fun, like I knew it would be. But um, um, yeah, I really appreciate um, you you talking to us and telling the telling your story and and um, and really telling you know a, a lot of history that goes along with with um, not just athlete training and sports medicine and at Ball State, but in the Muncie community and. And you've definitely been a big part of that. So thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome, Troy. It's great being with you. And I go to basketball games. Jake's now a senior at Ball State. Yeah. I don't think he'd be as impressed now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't be impressed either at yeah. that point. <laughs> I would not be there. So thank you. Well, thank you. I want to thank Dr. Bansky for being on the podcast today. He certainly has had some interesting experiences and interesting relationships in his long and storied career. We're on now a couple more platforms uh, for podcasts. So tell your friends, uh, I think Stricker, Stitcher and, and um, um, Breaker we're now on. I'm still working on an Apple uh, podcasts. Um, hopefully I'll have that wrapped up by the end of the week. So tell your friends about Off The Roll. Also, we have another way to leave feedback. We have a new email address. It's called off the roll podcast, all one word at gmail.com. And let us know what you think. Hope everybody have a, has a great day and take care of yourselves.